Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. Because it speaks to our evangelistic responsibility. Um, that we just can't come in here and shout about Jesus. Look at somebody tell them, Pastor, talking to you. Yeah, yeah, you said you sitting there looking like he ain't talking to you. Can't just come in here waving your hands, talking about Jesus, this and that. But when you walk out of here, you're not talking Jesus to the world. And so we all have a responsibility to go to the world and shout and herald the good news that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. If you don't mind, touch yourself. Say, I'm going to go tell it. And I'm not just going to tell it. I'm going to tell it on the mountain. That means you're going to be unashamedly proud of the announcement. You're going to declare to the world that there is a Savior. Yeah, I need you to catch that because the news is going to keep on projecting the negativity that it projects. But God has put us here as the light of the world to tell the world, despite all of the negative news that you've heard, there's yet hope. And that hope is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Does anybody still believe that Jesus is the answer? Hallelujah. He is. He is. And if anybody has to hold to that confession of belief, it's got to be the saints of God. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. We thank our praise team um, for a wonderful, wonderful job on today. Thank you for leading us into the presence of God. Hallelujah. As a congregation, um, we, are, we are slowly discovering our worship style. Um, we have some older saints. We have um, adults, and we have some younger saints. Um, and so we have to find the, the musicality and the, the system of worship that works for us as a community of faith. Um, for our older saints, we know you can't stand up for 30 minutes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Your mama say, Pastor, I already done got up and dressed. I'm, I'm in my 80s. You can't expect me to stand up for 30 minutes now. Um, but we want to make sure that our worship is authentic. We want to make sure that our worship is pleasing unto God. Um, because our worship and our praise is not first for us. It's first for him. And we ought to always keep that in mind. That when I come here to praise, I don't come here just to hear my favorite song. No, I come to bless the God who has been consistently faithful to me over and over again. And I'm like that leper, that one that came back, because I just want to say thank you. Is there anybody on today that just wants to say thank you, Lord? You've been faithful. I can declare that you were faithful yesterday and that you're yet faithful on today. And you're going to be faithful on tomorrow. And I'm going to be faithful in praising you for being the wonderful God that you are. Hallelujah. I am absolutely um, excited about the things that God is doing. He's bringing pieces together um, for us to achieve divine purpose as a community of faith. Um, it takes more than just having a pastor. It takes having ministry leaders and persons that partner with the vision 
in order to bring God's plan to fruition. Um, at the end of this year, um, Brother Derek will cease to be our lead musician. Um, he, he, he ceases his time with us in that capacity, but he's going to stay with us um, as a community of faith. He says he loves this community of faith and believe that God has called him here. And so he will go through a period of time of trying to discover what's next. Um, he senses that there's something different that God wants to do with him. And so as a community of faith, we're going to be praying with him, walking with him, um, for him discovering what is the next phase of ministry for him. Um, but beginning effectively at the, um, <coughs> at the beginning of 2024, uh, Minister Titus, who is over here on the organ, um, is going to be our new minister music. Hallelujah. You could have played some shout music there for yourself. <laughs> He's going to be blessing us um, and serving in that capacity of our, as our new minister of music. Um, he and his lovely wife are sharing with us on today. If you'll wave your hand, we want to give a great big God bless you for you. Amen. She, she has the most inviting smile. Um, she smiles like she knows Jesus. Amen. Um, and so <laughs> he said hallelujah to that. <laughs> hallelujah. And we're just excited about all that God is doing, and we're looking forward to um, his leadership. Um, he is a seasoned minister of the gospel, um, and so we're looking forward to um, his leading us in our music ministry. Um, to usher in another level of God's glory um, as a community of faith. In our church meeting on yesterday, we talked about vision. And one of the aspects of vision um, that we talked about that I just want to mention before getting into the preaching of the word is that we have to steward properly the presence of God. Um, I am the senior priest, but all of you are called to be what God calls a kingdom of priests. Um, and we'll go through that um, um, sometime next year as we're, we're tackling this whole idea of understanding our identity. But God said, you are to be unto me a kingdom of priests. And as a kingdom of priests, it's our responsibility to steward the presence of God. Everybody say that with me, steward the presence of God. And I, I know that's a little different than what we normally hear when we're watching the tele televangelists. Um, because people are quick to talk about stewarding money. Uh, you, you hear that real quick. The first thing that we're called to steward is the presence of God. And we have to steward the presence of God in such a way that when we come to this sacred space, we begin to experience the miracle working power of God. Um, that's a byproduct of properly stewarding the presence of God. Um, and even though I said that we have to steward the presence of God, it's important that you understand that stewarding the presence of God requires you stewarding proper relationship with one another. Jesus Christ put it this way. Um, leave your offering at the altar and go get your alt right with your brother. Then come back and worship. Because God is just that serious about right relationships um, within the kingdom of God. 
And so in this responsibility of stewarding the presence of God, it requires that we steward one another right. Here's the revelation, because God is in each of us. And you can't steward relationship or the presence of God properly if you don't steward your relationship right with one another. And so if you don't mind, look at somebody, tell them, I love me some you. And I'm going to try to learn to love you better. Hallelujah. Now, you can't just say that to one person. Find somebody else and tell them, I love me some you. And I'm going to try to love you better. Hallelujah. Amen. That's what God is calling us to. Because this is the place of God's presence, God's people, God's purpose, and God's power. With that said on today, will you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 2? Book of Matthew chapter 2, when you found your places, if you'll let it be known by standing and reverence for the reading of God's holy word. Matthew chapter 2. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 2, and I want to call your attention to verse 13. It declares this, it says, after they had left, it's referring to the magi or the wise men, as some called them. After they had left, the angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph and said, Herod will be looking for the child in order to kill him, so get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to leave. Verse 14, Joseph got up, tucked the child and his mother and left during the night for Egypt where they stayed until Haran died. This was done to make come true what the Lord had said through the prophet. I called my son out of Egypt call your attention back to that B portion of verse 13. And again, it says this, so get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to leave. I want to simply preach, talk, however the Spirit of God shall lead and guide on today from the simple thought, recognizing your gift, recognizing your gift. Father, we thank you now for the privilege of this moment. We ask that you would consume this place by the power of your presence even the more. We acknowledge, Father, that it is by your word that we live, we move, and we have our being. So speak to us. If you do so, we'll be better. It is all these things we pray now in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, Amen. You may take your seats in the presence of our living God and even in this gathering of believers. As we approach this particular text that I've lifted in your hearing, I invite you to entertain a simple thought. And that thought is simply this. We are the best versions of ourselves when we're surrounded by people who possess an anointing to uplift, support, and safeguard our God-given purpose. But the truth is to be told, Individual success 
is not a solo act. It's the result of a symphony of relationships, each playing a critical role in fulfilling the purpose that God has called us to achieve. Maya Angelou alludes to this idea when she declares, in the dance of life, partners of purpose bring harmony and protection to the rhythm of our God-given existence. She beautifully encapsulates the idea that if we're going to be successful in life, it requires collaborative purpose. It requires me understanding that I'm not an island unto myself and I need somebody else in order to make it. And as we approach the particular text that I've read in your hearing, it points out something that we all need to wrap our minds around. And that is that God is strategic in making sure that he plants in our life persons that are on assignment to help us to fulfill and achieve the assignment that he's called us to manifest in this thing called life. At the point of the text that I lifted in your hearing, Mary has given birth to Jesus. I can only imagine the overwhelming joy now that she holds Jesus in her arms. Can you see it in your mind's eye? It's been a long pregnancy. I mean, think about it. It was miraculous, but it was also messy. And she successfully got through this birth experience, and now she holds Jesus in her arms, and she's looking at him, and she's saying, Jesus is here. She's not the only one in celebration. The Word of God also declares that the Magi have come, these wise men that we call them. They've come, and they've kneeled down in celebration of the birth of Jesus. Not only did they kneel, they worshipped him. Not only did they do what we call worship, but they also offered him their gifts because they recognized that his life is significant to the world. They understand the prophetic mandate that was spoken regarding the child that would be born. And they understand that he is a gift to the world and all mankind. And Sobrid has sanctioned him. They're celebrating. But then the text takes this drastic turn, if you will. It says that after they've had a day of celebrating that Jesus is here, that they lay their heads to sleep, and Joseph is interrupted in his sleep. An angel disturbs him. He has this divine visitation, and the angel shakes him and tells him, Joseph, you got to get up because Herod is looking for the boy, and he wants to kill him. So celebration is interrupted by this moment of divine encounter, giving Joseph warning that the enemy is on the way. And I want to put it on pause right there because I think that there are many moments that in our celebration that we would do well to be reminded that even though it's a time of celebration, you still got to be cautious because the enemy is always on the way. 
It's right here that the angel of the Lord is trying to help Joseph understand something that we all need to wrap our minds around. And that is what the enemy cannot kill at conception, he will try to assassinate at birth. And there's some of you that need to get that word for your own life because there's a word that God has given you that you've been carrying and that you're trying to give birth to. And if the enemy cannot kill it at conception, do understand he will try to assassinate it at birth. So Joseph is being shaken, awakened, and stirred to this revelation of a reality that he was unaware of, and that's that the enemy is on the way. The moment is not just a divine warning, but the moment is also an awakening for Joseph to understand his anointing. Joseph, no, Jesus ain't your baby. But you still have a part of the process in the life and the journey of baby Jesus. Because yes, the assignment on Jesus' life is great, but he's just a baby. He's in the infancy of this thing. And he's got to get to the point of full maturity before he can do the miraculous that the Lord has sent him to do. And Joseph, I need you to be aware of what's going on because your purpose in this is to be divine protection so that he can grow up and be everything that God has called him to be. It's right here at this moment that I was arrested. And I said, mm, God, that's good. Because right now the text is trying to teach all of us that no matter how great you are, all of us need somebody else to serve on assignment on the path of our greatness. Maybe if I put it this way, you'll grab better. Even though Jesus is the Savior, he's going to need a Savior. Even though Jesus is called to be a gift to the world, he needs a gift until he becomes the gift of the world. And I need for you to understand that just like Jesus, you are a gift to the world. I need for you to understand that just like Jesus, God has sanctioned you to do great things. But even though you are a gift to the world, you still need a gift. Even though God's trying to do great things through you, you need some people that God have anointed for you to be protection in the process of your journey as God is trying to birth through you everything that he sanctioned you to achieve. This text is telling to teach us is that within the life of every believer that your divine assignment will bring about demonic attacks. But God is so God and God is so all-knowing that he'll put people in your life that can help you to survive the attack. And I think there are a few people in the room right now that can look back over your unique journey and you can think about certain people. You didn't know it then, but now that you sit where you are right now, you can say, God, thank you for putting that person in my life. Because if it had not been for them then, I would not be the me that I am right now. 
And some of y'all are still looking at me like you ain't caught it. That's a good place to shout right there because it's teaching me that there are people that God scatters along my path to make sure that I achieve, I manifest, and I become everything that he sanctioned me to become. And so Joseph is teaching us in the text that even though Jesus is the gift, God blessed him with a gift. And I know we get to this part of the year and we just shout about the gift of Jesus. But if Jesus didn't have the gift of Joseph, he never would have became the gift that you shout about today. And a part of what this text is trying to invite us into is perhaps you make the mistake of not recognizing your gifts. I mean, how many years have we looked, overlooked the fact that Joseph is the gift to the gift? I mean, how many times have we just casually read around Joseph's name and never gave him credit for being the divinely appointed, ordained relationship that God put in Jesus' life to be earthly protection from the assassination of the enemy? And if we could casually read past the fact that Joseph was a gift, I wonder how many people are you casually looking over and not recognizing that they are a gift in your life. So there are a few things that Joseph teaches us about being the gift that I want to share with you on today. And I'm going to move out of your way because I know somebody has the crock pot on. And you got to make it there in time. Watch it. First thing that Joseph would show us or teach us about being the gift is right there at the 13th verse. It says, after the Magi had left, an angel of the Lord appears to Joseph and says, Herod will be looking for the child in order to kill him. So get up, take the child and his mother. First thing that I want to offer you about being the gift is that Joseph shows us that people who are anointed to be the gift in your life, they have the gift of hearing God for you when you can't hear God for yourself. Jesus is in the infancy. He ain't hearing God for himself. But Joseph is in place, and he's hearing God for Jesus until Jesus can hear for himself. All right, all right. And I know most of us believe, but I, I hear the law. I don't need nobody to hear the law for me. Me and the Lord got a thing going on. But, but I want to suggest to you that sometimes God has to stretch your faith to the point that you have faith that there are people that God has put in my life and their ears are anointed to hear on my behalf. I mean, it's, it's unique to me because think about it. There's this season where Joseph has to trust what Mary's heard. He's wrestling with it. 
You sure about this? I ain't heard that. You pregnant and it's from God? There's a point that only Mary is privy to the conversation because God chooses to talk to her first and alone. So it almost seems like if God is going to give a warning about Herod, he'll talk to Mary because he's already started talking to her. But no, this time he chooses to talk to Joseph. And Mary now has to have faith that the same God that spoke to me at the conception of Jesus now is moving and talking through Joseph and I believe that he's hearing for the family. I need for you to understand that there are people that God has anointed to have Holy Ghost hearing in seasons that you can't hear for yourself. And the enemy is banking on the fact that you're so arrogant that instead of receiving what they've heard from God, you will stand up with your chest out and say, God ain't say that to me. If we're going to be able to receive and recognize those that are anointed to be ordained relationships of protection in our journey, we have to understand that there are people in different seasons of our life that God anoints to hear when we can't. And I feel some of you still struggling with that point. So I'm going to stay there because I don't want to leave you behind. There are moments that your life gets so busy that you ain't hearing God like you heard him in the previous season because you ain't had the time to pray. You ain't had the time to read your word. You ain't had the time for personal worship. And God loves you so much that he says, I see the business of your life and you can't hear like you used to hear. So let me anoint their ears to hear in this season where you're having trouble to hear like you need to hear. Yeah, Joseph is anointed to hear what they can't hear in this season. Second thing that I want to offer you about what the text declares, notice what it also says. It says that the angel of the Lord goes, he appears to Joseph in this dream. Herod is looking for the child in order to kill him. So get up. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. So get up, escape to Egypt. Second thing that the text would have us understand about persons that are anointed to be divine protection for us is that they have the gift to carry you when you're unable to carry yourself. It's right there in the text. Joseph, get up. I love the Lord. He interrupts Joseph's sleep and tells this, this ain't the moment for you to sleep, boy. 
get up. There's work for you to do. Mm. I needed to say that because I need you to grab those that are anointed for you. God is interrupting their sleep on your behalf. They're folk that can't sleep three o'clock in the morning because God is shaking their soul regarding you because you're just that important to the king of kings and the lord of lords. He tells Joseph, get up. You need to take the child and his mother, carry them to Egypt. Remember, I told you Jesus is in his infancy. He can't carry himself, so Joseph has to carry him and marry to the place of ordained safety. Here's the challenge with that again. You think you can carry you. And the enemy is banking on the fact that you have this mentality. I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. I got this. And the, really, the reality is that you don't. You alone are no match for the satanic assignment that is against your life. And God has anointed some people around you that have the ability to carry you when you can't fully carry yourself. And I know, I know that, that we're moving from being a generation of people that shun therapy and shun um, going to the psychologist, you know, because there was a generation of us that would say stuff like, um, no, nah, I don't need them folk. I got this. But if, we're been, if we would be honest, there are moments in our life where our mental is shaken. And we do not have the ability to really carry ourselves. But watch God. I already anointed some help around you. If I can get you out of you, there's some folk that will carry you from this season to the next season in which you're able to carry yourself. If you don't mind, give me some preaching help. Look at somebody, tell them, if I'm honest, every now and then, I do need some help. Come on, find somebody else and say it to them. If I'm honest, every now and then, I do need some help. He's anointed to carry Jesus because Jesus cannot quite yet carry himself. I love this point because it brings us into the reality of this divine collaboration that God's brought us into. That means I got to learn to trust other folk to hold me. And I know you're used to people dropping you from your past. But this ain't your past. And God helped you so, to survive the past so that he could get you in a glorious present. And in the present, God says, I put you amongst folk that have a heart for you. And I've anointed them to have the strength to carry you in seasons. 
that you can't carry yourself. And I want to leave this place, but I can't. Because this is a place in many churches in which the enemy has a stronghold on saints. We can't be the community that God wants us to be because everybody thinks they got to be strong for them own, their own self. God says, I've anointed, sanctified, helped. And there are people that share space with you that are called to carry you and they won't drop you. See, most of you are stuck on the, the last drop. I, I need help, but I tried that before. The last time I tried that, that ain't turn out real good. I got dropped. But your last time is not this time. And you've got to be able to trust the help that God's provided because he's anointed them to carry them. Here's the last thing, and you can get to that crock pot. Watch it. He says, escape with the child and his mother. Take them to Egypt and stay there until I tell you to leave. The last thing that Joseph teaches us about being divinely orchestrated and appointed protection is that they are gifted to wait with you in and through your tough place. They got to escape to a place that's not home. But the angel says, don't just take them there now. Wait with them. Until I tell you that it's safe to leave. When people are anointed to be divine protection in different seasons of your life, they have the anointing to wait with you through the wait. Mm, I love that. Because there are some folk that will show up on day one, but you don't see them no more afterwards. But he's anointed to outweigh the enemy as he waits with Jesus. And I don't know about any of you, but if I'm honest, I need some folk with the anointing on their life that can wait with me until we outweigh the enemy together. I need some folk in my life that's anointed and that understands that the enemy is always busy. But I'm going to wait with you until your enemy is no more. I'm going to wait with you because I'm anointed for the journey. Is there anybody in here that can declare I'm anointed for the journey? Woo. Minister Titus, I'm done. We can, we can, we can head on up out of here. Joseph is teaching us a critical lesson, and that lesson is that while we celebrate the gift of Jesus, there were also gifts around the gift, and that we've got to be careful to make sure that we don't overlook the gifts that God puts in our life, because if you overlook the gifts, 
then the enemy's chances of spiritual assassination begins to increase. And there's too much that God's put on the inside of you to let the enemy kill out and destroy. I'm blessed by this text because what the text really shows me is that God says for every anointing, I anoint others to partner with you so that your anointing comes to the place of fulfillment. And I want to speak over your life. There are people that God has anointed to partner with you in this season. But you have to become sensitive and aware of what God has already put in your presence. You don't have to do life alone. Yeah, yeah, hear me. You don't have to do this alone. For some young folk in here right now, you're thinking to yourself, nobody knows how tough it is. You know, there are people that are contemplating suicide all because they think they've got to do it alone. And they feel so alone that they say, what's the use? But hear it, you don't have to do this alone. For some single parent right now, you're thinking to yourself, I, 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 can't, I can't take it. All because you haven't recognized that God has anointed and sanctioned divine help all around you. Who have you told that I'm at wit's end? I, I just don't know what to do. You don't have to do this alone. If you will, one last time, just look at somebody, tell them you've got to recognize your gifts. Yeah, we're not talking about the gifts inside of you. You already figured that out. We're talking about the gifts around you that complements the gift in you. You got to recognize it. Right where you are, will you bow your heads with me? I promise I'm watching the back door. I got you covered. If you'll lift those hands. And I want you to simply say, God, help me to recognize those that you have anointed to be gifts in this season of my journey. Help me to trust their anointing and help me to give them their proper space in the space of my life. Father, I thank you now for each person that has uttered those words. I pray over them, declaring, Father, that in this season that they shall recognize with clarity, God, those that you have anointed and sanctioned to be divine relationships. Father, help us to recognize the persons in this space that are called to be persons that we walk closer with. 
but help us also to recognize people outside of this space that you have anointed to be divine relationships and partnerships for this season and this hour of our journey. Now, Father, I cancel the assignment, Father, through prayer of demonic assassination. Father, we decree and declare, God, that each soul under the sound of my voice is the property of the kingdom of God and that the host of hell shall not kill, steal, and destroy. So cover us, keep us, so that we can go and tell your goodness on the mountain. It is all of these things we pray now in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, hallelujah. And amen, amen, amen. Did you all get that? Hallelujah. Bless you. Come on, look at somebody. Tell them I need you. Yeah, I need you. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org. Thank you again.